are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and we are doing a special budget night podcast. Uh, We've just had the second uh, 2022-23 budget released uh, by the new government under uh, Treasurer Jim Chalmers and joining me to discuss all the details uh, is Stephen Halmerick, our Chief Economist. Stephen, nice to have you on. Thanks, Belinda. Great to be with you on Budget Night. Second one for the year. Certainly uh, what we've seen kind of in line with our expectations was the budget deficit for 22-23 come in much lower than what we saw back in March and even the pre-election and fiscal outlook budget as well. Uh, The numbers came in in terms of the deficit this year of $36.9 billion or 1.5% of GDP. What did you kind of make of the overall budget, Stephen? Well, as you said, the budget deficit for this year, for 22-23, is substantially lower than the previous estimate, which was $78 billion, uh, 3.4% of GDP. So it's, it's come down a long way. And that's really as a result of the economy being stronger than previously expected, particularly the higher commodity prices and the strength in the labour market. So it's good to see that the government, the new government, has allowed a lot of the you know, the extra benefits that would have accrued to the budget just to flow through to the bottom line. So uh, the budget deficit shrunk quite quickly. Uh, but if we look at the FY23 budget deficit, 1.5% of GDP, compared to last year, FY22, that was 1.4% of GDP. So really, from year to year, the budget deficit's pretty much unchanged. Uh, that's what we call the, the fiscal impulse, you know, how much extra uh, is fiscal policy adding to the economy on the year? And the answer for this year is really not much at all. So that's, that's good. That's what we would have liked to have seen, given the Reserve Bank is in the process of tightening monetary policy to get on top of this big inflation problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good that fiscal policy is not adding more stimulus to the economy and making the Reserve Bank's job even harder. So I think um, that's a good outcome. It is. Uh, certainly for uh, this year, the 2022-23 financial year, as you said, going into this budget, I think all eyes were on if fiscal policy and monetary policy will work hand in hand together given the developments in the United Kingdom uh, over the past uh, month or so. That was certainly at front of mind, uh, obviously, for, for all us economists and financial markets alike. Just looking beyond that, though, what we've seen uh, is some widening in the budget deficit. So looking at 2023-24, the deficit widens uh, from 1.5% of GDP this year to 1.8% next year and then 2% in 24-25. And even if you look at projections uh, for 10 years' time, uh, it is still a deficit of 1.9%. So certainly near-term good, uh, but there are some fiscal challenges uh, over the next uh, medium term, isn't there? Yes, that's right. So I think, as you described it, if we 
look at you know, financial year 2023, uh, pretty good outcome. Mm. Uh, but 2024, 25, 26, uh, budget deficits get larger. And uh, as I said, around 1.8% to 2% of GDP. That's, that's higher than we would have liked to have seen in, in our budget preview. Uh, we stated that we would have liked to have seen budget deficits, deficits around one and a half percent of GDP in those out years. So I think there's, you know, two things to say about that. One is the budget deficit estimates, uh, based on relatively conservative forecasts. Mm. So things might end up being better than expected on the budget, as we've seen in the last two years. Um, but the other thing is that I think they do imply that the government's going to need to show a bit more fiscal restraint in the next uh, two or three years to get the budget a little bit better aligned with what's happening in fiscal policy and uh, reduce that deficit a little bit further. Um, we are going to have another budget, a budget for financial year 2024 in May next year, so uh, only five or six months away. And so, you know, maybe that's an opportunity for the new government to really um, you know, focus on what's happening uh, beyond the, the near term and the budget deficit. Yeah, certainly there are some significant things contributing to the widening of uh, the deficit uh, beyond this year. A lot of that comes from higher spending in essential services, particularly the NDIS, as well as higher interest repayments as the cost of debt has gone up as well as the government uh, needing to uh, lift the amount of support payments they make to households because of higher inflation effectively. So there are three main reasons why we've seen higher spending uh, over coming years. And then one of the other major changes uh, that we've seen impacts, I guess, the, the nominal GDP forecast and they've lowered, now this gets a bit technical, they've lowered uh, the a productivity growth rate uh, they've assumed for the economy uh, just given the fact that we're not meeting really very strong productivity growth rates at the moment. So all those things combined have meant that we are seeing budget deficits widen and we're also seeing debt levels continue to widen as well. So net debt for 22-23 is expected to be uh, 23% of GDP or $572 billion. But once again, we're seeing a lift in net debt to GDP ratios as well as gross debt to GDP ratios, but they remain much lower uh, compared to international peers. Uh, Yes, that's right. So if we look at the net debt numbers, as you said, 23% of GDP estimated for... um, as of June 2023, growing to 28.5% of GDP by June 2026. So that's a that's an increase, but it's actually, uh, that's a lower peak than mm. previously expected. So back in the uh, first budget for this year, uh, the previous government thought debt would peak at just over 33% of GDP. So 28.5% is a, a bit of an improvement there. Um, and the other thing to add is that you know, that at that level, net debt to GDP in Australia is really very yeah. low compared to most of our global peers who are, you know, around 100% plus. And so that's, um, I think, quite comforting for Australia's AAA credit rating. So that's good news. Uh, you did mention the interest payments. Yes. Of course, everybody listening will know that interest rates have gone up and perhaps we've got a little bit further to go. And so if you look at the cost, of that um, debt to the budget, the, the what's called net interest payments. Uh, this year, uh, interest payments on the debt is $13.6 billion. 
but by 25-26 it jumps up to $26.5 billion for the year. So it's uh, really doubling over the uh, the next four years. Uh, that's from a half a percent of GDP to 1% of GDP. So it's only 1% of GDP net interest cost, but $26.5 billion of interest payments in a year is um, clearly a relatively large number. It is, and, and just to give uh, our listeners an indicator of the bond yield forecast that they've used as part of that. Back in uh, March, it was 2.3%. Uh, that was part of uh, the pre-election uh, budget. And the 10-year bond yield estimate they've used in this budget was 3.8%. So you can see the real lift there uh, as the RBA has aggressively lifted interest rates in recent months. Now, turning our attention to some of the major policy announcements, they were largely all kind of pre-release, so there didn't seem to be any major surprises uh, in the budget today. A lot of focus on families and women, uh, really the aim to uh, increase female labour workforce participation. Uh, so part of the government's uh, election commitment was to make childcare cheaper. So childcare subsidy rates will increase and be made available for, for families earning up to $530,000 per year. So around 96% of families will be better off, uh, which is great news. That's going to cost the budget $4.7 billion over four years. Uh, we're also We'll see a, a progressive increase in the paid parental leave scheme. So currently it's 18 weeks. It's going to lift to 26 weeks uh, by the end of 2026, 27. Uh, Well-flagged aged care reforms are worth around $2.5 billion over four years, uh, really obviously to increase funding uh, in that very important sector. Uh, some health initiatives uh, to reduce the cost of medication, as well as uh, a big lift in NDIS, NDIS funding, which we had flagged. That's worth about $8.8 billion over four years. Uh, more TAFE uh, places, uh, more university uh, placements as well, uh, who, which will be uh, funded. We've actually seen a reduction in the amount of infrastructure spend over the next four years, which is the first budget I can remember in quite some time yeah. that we're seeing that happen. So uh, the budget has announced over the next four years there'll be a $6.5 billion reduction in infrastructure spend just to ease the capacity constraints that have really flagged uh, that sector at the moment. I must say, though, that the infrastructure pipeline should remain strong. It's around $120 billion over the next 10 years. And then I'll say the last uh, policy to really flag is around housing. Uh, there's more focus on delivering new affordable dwellings around 10,000 per year for low and middle income families. Uh, but they've also come up with an aspirational target to build a million new homes over five years from mid 2024. At the moment, if you look at kind of uh, the past 10 years, we generally build around 170,000 per year. So that will be quite a considerable step up in the amount of housing construction. Uh, so to me, they're the main uh, initiatives. Uh, Stephen, did you want to add anything to that or we can go straight through and talk about the economic projections? Well, I think, as you said, that, you know, that's, a, that's a long list of things, but it's hard to quibble with any of them. And I think when we look at spending and the impact on the economy, in the way I like to phrase it, is you know, not all spending is created equally in terms of 
the stimulus to the economy. So things like the child care benefits, the AIDS care spending, the NDIS, um, affordable housing. You know, they're all medium-term spending objectives rather than just you know, giving money away if you'd like to deal with the current cost of living uh, crisis, which if the government had have done that, uh, the Reserve Bank just would have offset that with uh, higher interest rates. So uh, the medium-term focus on spending, I think, is something that um, you know is quite welcome. And just on the economic projections, uh, Gareth Ayer, Head of Australian Economics, has had a really detailed look at them. Uh, what did uh, we think about the economic projections, Stephen? Well, so if we look at um, this year we're in now, the FY23, they're expecting growth of about three and a quarter percent, and that then drops to one and a half percent in FY24. So that's pretty consistent with our view. Uh, you know, the economy, the pace of economic growth is going to slow meaningfully over the next year or so, uh, really under the weight of the higher interest rates that the Reserve Bank is setting. And um, to control inflation, you know, that's how it works. You raise interest rates, it slows demand. That puts downward pressure on prices. Uh, so the Reserve Bank is expecting the inflation rate uh, to move from five and three quarter percent in FY23 to three and a half percent FY24, and then down to two and a half percent in FY25. Uh, we would think the inflation numbers might fall a bit uh, more quickly than that, and so we'll be back into the Reserve Bank's target range. Uh, by the end of calendar 23 and through 2024, so a bit earlier than the government's currently got. And one of the other outcomes of that uh, slower economic growth is, unfortunately, the unemployment rate is going to lift and the, the budget's got it going from uh, three and three quarter percent this year to four and a half percent next year. Uh, so that's, uh, that's an increase in the unemployment rate, pretty consistent with our view again. Uh, and it's always disappointing to see the unemployment rate go up. But we have to remember that the current un- unemployment rate is almost a 50-year low. And if the budget forecasts are right and we get back to 4.5% next year, that's still a much lower unemployment rate than we had pre-COVID. So 4.5% is still actually a very low unemployment rate uh, by historical terms. So all, all in all, those forecasts, relatively consistent with our view, you know, a meaningful slowdown in the economy over the next year or two, uh, and as a result, the unemployment rate moves up and the inflation rate moves down. The only point I'll uh, add to that is uh, the commodity price forecasts were quite conservative uh, and different to ours, so there's certainly um, some potential for upside surprises there. And we also did see some revisions to the population growth forecast. We've seen a much faster return of net overseas migration, uh, so we'll see that return uh, much quicker, which I think is good news for a lot of businesses who have uh, been really short of labour uh, particularly over the COVID period, uh, but obviously that's going to uh, really uh, add to the supply of labour and potentially, uh, you know, put a uh, ceiling on how fast wages growth uh, could lift. Well, Stephen, I think we've covered uh, the budget. Uh, it was released uh, yep. just around three hours ago. Uh, so we've done a good job uh, to cover it off and we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Belinda. My pleasure. Now, you can review uh, our note on the 2022-23 federal budget on combankresearch.com.au and that was published on the 25th of October, 2022.